Okay, so today on the Plant Cutting Podcast, we have Michael Wilson. And Michael is a herbalist, homesteader, uh, mycologist, and uh, most, uh, mostly well-known at this point for Amanita muscaria, uh, working with that amazing mushroom. So we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but uh, we're going to f- kind of focus on Amanita, mm-hmm. on the Amanitas and muscaria in particular. So how are you, Michael? Yeah. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. yeah thanks for being here. Yeah. And how are you guys doing? We're, we're good. It's a beautiful day in New York. And yeah. you're in Pennsylvania, right? Yep. Yeah, I live uh, in between Pittsburgh and Erie, so just off in the boonies. Yeah, we're in the yeah, boonies, too. We can relate to the boonies factor. <laughs> yep. But we but, like it. Yeah. yeah. There's no place I'd rather be. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I love Western Pennsylvania. You know, I was raised there and it's a beautiful area. This is a similar area too, really. It's kind of part of the Appalachian Plateau, the mm-hmm. foothills. Right. Yeah. I, I love uh, just, there's so much like mushroom activity and mm-hmm. wild herbs. And uh, I live near a lake and there's lakes all around me. So there's like just a lot of wildlife and abundance. So are you finding any mushrooms like right now these days? I actually went for a walk yesterday. I was looking for my ataki, mm. uh, of the woods, and I wasn't able to find it. I did find some like old ones, but um, yeah, my I live, you know, I live like an hour and a half north of Pittsburgh, so I'm actually in a different climate zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have people like finding things and posting it in Pittsburgh, and then I'm about like two weeks delayed. Oh. Yeah. So in like the end of the season, I'm like two weeks ahead. So it's already much colder here than just an hour, you know, drive south. Mm. So yeah. no, I haven't really found much. Um, the last the last month has been amazing. I've been finding the Amanita muscaria gesawii, which is um, well, technically it's it's still technically gesawii, but there's it's going undergoing possibly a name change. Okay. To uh, Amanita chrysoblema. But um, regardless of what you call it, it's the yellow fly agaric. Yellow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, contains muscimol, ibotenic acid, uh, which are, you know, psychoactive compounds. And I pick those. Uh, I have a couple other foragers I work with that pick those and I make extracts out of them. So I make uh, tinctures and oil infusions. And um, yeah, I'll be making some some pain relief salves too. So that's pretty cool. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. So be- before we get too far into Amanita muscaria, want to answer the the our, our oh, yeah. question for first time uh, interviewees. Uh, what what brought you to the plant path? Yeah. So I guess it's kind of been like part of my life growing up. Um, like my mom always had a big garden and. I remember when I was really young, I had a little garden too. And, you know, I, I like to make not just like, you know, a bunch of plants, but like something pretty. Um, so like, I remember I'd make like little mandala gardens, um, you know, symmetrical design kind of thing. And, um, I remember like my first garden was like potatoes and like, uh, onions and maybe rosemary or lemon balm or something like that. And, I just really like, you know, getting in the dirt. And um, so I I started with that. Um, 
that wasn't really much. It was just playing around. But uh, I was going to school for biology at uh, the community college. And I just was not very happy with like, you know, college and school. And so um, through a series of event events, I just decided to quit going to school. Uh, I quit my job and I actually moved out uh, and started woofing. Um, I woofed at a farm in Indiana and then I woofed at a farm in uh, Arizona. And that was really where I kind of, uh, you know, cut my teeth in the organic farming world. Um, I stayed out there for a year and I was also going through yoga teacher training. So uh, I was teaching a little bit of yoga. Um, and then I just, I came back to Pennsylvania after a year of doing that. And I started an even bigger garden at my parents' house. And that's where Harmony Acres Farm began. Um, and uh, yeah, so then I guess with, you know, mushrooms uh, and, and wild herbs, that kind of started in like 2016. And that's really whenever I really got into, um, you know, mushroom foraging. Uh, I think as a, as a young kid, I remember going to my parents' woods and like taking sticks and like breaking uh, chicken of the woods. And I remember like the, the bright orange and like the, the strange smell it had. And yeah. I was like, this is weird, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. Little, yeah. You don't little... see that blaze orange, like very often in, in the wild at that time of the year, you know? Right. Yeah. And oh. um, so I just, I don't know. I, I remember like the smell and everything. And I, I looked, you know, back on that moment and I was like, well, I was actually spreading their spores and their mycelium. So I don't have to feel too bad about, you know, destroying this chicken of the woods, but um, yeah. So, uh, but then, in so in 2016, I started foraging wild mushrooms, just the edible ones, you know? Um, and then I realized that there's a lot of medicinal ones and I started making double extractions out of them. And uh, that's like, it really, I felt a lot of passion around that. And um, I realized that, you know, it's kind of like renegade medicine. Like I can just go in the woods and find these wild mushrooms and start making medicine and giving those to people. So that's really like kind of where it began. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So what brought you to work with Amanita Muscaria? Well, for the was, other Amanitas too. Yeah. Um, so again, whenever I was a kid, I actually saw one um, in my parents' property. It was under the Eastern white pine. And I remember like, like sitting with it and just looking at it and, you know, thinking, oh, this is that like poisonous and psychedelic one. Like, I remember having a lot of respect and fear, um, but also curiosity around it. So um, I started working with Amanita muscaria back in the very beginning of 2020. And um, I had a winter solstice party on, in 2019. And I remember somebody bringing up microdosing Amanita muscaria. And I thought, that's crazy. Like that's that poisonous mushroom, you know, it's psychedelic. Like, why would you do that? And uh, and then two other people brought it up to me, and it was also a time in my life where I was abusing cannabis pretty heavily, and I realized that I needed to stop. Um, 
you know, is causing anxiety, paranoia, um, some effects that people may have, but they're kind of either unwilling to admit. Um, you know, I think even, you know, with, with a lot of different herbs, we like to think of things as like panaceas, but, um, you know, I think everything is, I, I don't think everything is for everyone. And I think that yeah, right. in moderation, you know, a lot of things can be good. So uh, I actually quit smoking cannabis and uh, then Omnita kind of came into my life through a series of people introducing me to, you know, the, them taking it in even large amounts and they were perfectly fine. Um, and not just fine, but actually having prolonged uh, periods of like a lack of anxiety. Uh, so I started to look into the mechanisms and mm -hmm. yeah. So who is Amanita muscaria? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like the, the spirit of it. The being, you know. Yeah. It's... yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of this like enigmatic occult mushroom, you know, like occult things are hidden in plain sight, right? Um, and, you know, it's the mushroom emoji. It's the Super Mario Brothers mushroom. It's Alice in Wonderland. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's this like, you know, and, and like a lot of people have weird experiences with it. They're either, either say like it didn't do anything or they had a negative experience or what I'm finding more and more is that in the right way, in the right dosages, people have like profound experiences. Um, yeah. So I think it's kind of like, like the essence of it to me is it is the time mushroom. Um, hmm. Time but, mushroom. Yeah. Have you have you guys ever heard of like people having experiences with Amanita and like? Well, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I have a little story about about Amanita muscaria. Um, back in 2011 during Occupy, uh, I did Occupy Pittsburgh, and I was going through a lot of changes that, at that time. And there's the there are these two big white pine trees at my mom's place, and um right at that that time that in october that uh that it, that occupy was happening uh we had a, a huge flush the biggest flush of amanita muscari i've ever seen it's the yellow ones um which are the ones that grow around around uh here and um so i decided to take some <laughs> <laughs> and i i didn't i didn't I, I looked up some directions on like arrowid or yes yeah, uh one of those sites but i don't think i did it quite right i didn't dry them um correctly i didn't you know process them correctly i just made a tea out of them made a, a tea and then i just drank that and it was kind of disgusting <laughs> honestly <laughs> made me very very nauseated um it was interesting though but i wouldn't call it a you know an uh transcendental or anything but then we 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 had a bunch of these mushrooms and, and they started we we're trying to dry them on the wood stove but we didn't you know didn't, I, at that point i was still learning a lot about how to do things and i didn't know how to i didn't cut them correctly and dry them in the right way they got filled with maggots oh yeah so i we took them to the chickens we gave them to the chicken <laughs> and then the chickens started <laughs> uh going going a little bit nuts we had this one rooster he ate they they all ate all, all the maggots you know because oh it's chicken food but i guess the, the you know chemicals must have gone through uh the maggots so this one rooster was just like going up to the wall and going like this 
just oh, like no. mocking Poor his guy. head. I mean, he oh, seemed like he was having a, a decent time. He wasn't like <laughs> he was he was definitely um <laughs> affected oh, by them though. That is hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> Through the maggots. Probably, he was probably uh experiencing like uh a, a looping, you know. Um ah, yeah, I mean, time loop. Yeah, time oh. loop. Yeah. So that's that's something that that can happen, and it seems like a pretty common experience. Um have you guys ever heard of uh, uh, Paul Stamets' experience with the the Panther Caps? Where... Um, not no, not with so. Panther Caps. No. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a it's like a Joe Rogan interview, and okay. he he ate these Panther Caps on pizza with his friend, and uh, he decided to go. They were like I think at a park or something, and they decided to go watch the Winnebago people. You know, all the people that have Winnebagos and. He brought his camera and he, you know, he started feeling the effects and uh, he, he ended up like dropping his camera repetitively and then picking it back up. And so like, it, wow. yeah, if, if it's um, taken without a, you know, trip sitter or like, you know, under, you know, an experienced person, then, you know, you can have, you can have some pretty negative side effects. And um you know, I think that's why the main focus of my work is in the microdose. And like, you know, I want to coin this term, like the magic is in the microdose. Um, because I think with with a lot of different psychedelics, like people can have very positive transformation with those like, you know, high dose breakthrough. Yeah, heroic doses. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I liken the microdose to like, you know, meditation. Um, because it's almost like the integration is is built in with it. You know, you don't have this like massive experience of ego death and, you know, you have to like come back to, you know, your, your you know, subjective viewpoint. It's like just a little bit of a, a, a conscious shift uh, daily. And, you know, that's why, you know, I, I really subscribe to like the microdose for, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah like the uh you know the the, there's a theory about the vikings you know the vikings used to make a mushroom brew and they'd go off to war and uh that's where the term berserkers came from what what people believe is that they were they're taking amanita muscaria yeah Um, so So it's one of odin's mushrooms yeah (laughs) (laughs) right so your your rooster was probably in berserker mode (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so i think that like the the beauty of amanita in that microdose form is that um instead of like going to this like deep you know time loop where your your mind is overwhelmed and you kind of have to surrender to the experience um amanita in microdoses it it can be used to uh it, it basically for me in my experience and what i've heard from others is that it allows you to realize that you know time is an illusion. Um, like everything is happening right now, but we are experiencing this human life form where you know we're under the illusion of like time and space. And I think what Amanita does is that it shows you that illusion um, in a way where, let's say you had some childhood uh, like core wounds, like core trauma. And Amanita can help you revisit those traumas without the visceral reaction of like the, the fight or flight response in the body. Um, I think 
you know, when you think about trauma, your mind doesn't really know the difference between thinking about something or watching something or actually experiencing something. And so your mind can get in these time loops where, you know, say your, you know, your dad abused you and then like, you know, somebody later in life raises their hand and they may not have even gone to hit you, but you, you were brought back to that visceral experience, you know, like an abused dog. Um, and so with Amanita, the way that it interacts, um, specifically muscimol, which is the main compound that people are seeking, is that it's a GABA agonist and it suppresses the fight or flight response in the body. Um, so you could have the, you know, the intention to go in and heal core trauma and then have that uh, memory come up and you don't have that visceral reaction of clenching up or tensing up or having that like, you know, uh, cortisol um, dump in your body. And I think whenever that happens, you can actually like heal and move on from those traumas. So it's pretty wow. profound. And that's with microdosing. Yeah, that's with microdosing. I think, um, you know, it with microdosing, it takes a little longer than like a, you know, a, a very well organized um, macro dose uh, could could also offer that in a quicker way. Um, but again, with those macro doses, it's like a give and take, you know, like the the more intense your experience is, the more time you need to integrate. Um, so I think with the microdose, you can kind of just like integrate as you go. Right. And again, uh, you know, we're not medical professionals or psychological licensed psycho psychological professionals. Right. So, you know, this is not, you know, you, you shouldn't be, you know, taking these as a, as without consulting your medical professionals, you know, right. without diagnosing or treating anything. Um, but <clears throat> so th these have a potential for using, working with Amanita uh, can potentially help um, with anxiety and working through these, these deep seated traumas <laughs> and trauma responses is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it seems to be a, a common theme um, in people's experiences. Uh, and also I, I want to just piggyback on what you said about the, you know, the, the disclaimer um, and that's, it's the weird world that I operate in because my business is based around medicinal mushrooms. That's where I began, but then, whenever um, I started working with Omnita, it kind of like took off more. Yeah. Uh, but according to the FDA, Omnita muscaria is a poisonous mushroom. Mm -hmm. And that's because of the, the high concentration of ibotenic acid in its raw state. And so I have to sell these uh, tinctures as you know, symbolic uh, or topical use only. Um, so it's it's a weird weird world to navigate because it's not it's not um, a scheduled substance either. So uh, you know you could have you know ten pounds of amanita and get pulled over and they can't do anything because it's not even classified as a drug. Well, um, they could they could lock you up until they tested it. <laughs> Probably sure. they yeah. could do whatever they want to, but <laughs> right. and, then, and then they'd confiscate your mushrooms, you know. Yeah. As but. Um, then they get which, full of maggots and uh, <laughs> 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 <Right>. anyway. <laughs> now actually there was uh there was a uh, big mail order company back in like the 70s or 80s and 
they sold uh i think their their mail order catalog was called poisonous non-consumables and uh with uh mark niemoller was like the the owner of it and uh, they actually got shut down by the fbi um nothing they were selling was illegal uh they you know gave pretty hefty disclaimers but um you know th their disclaimer said you know th these these mushrooms are not intended to be uh, consumed if you you know do not put them in your eyes ears mouth nose or anus <laughs> and the uh <laughs> the final the final ruling with that was basically like you're circumnavigating the law you're making a joke of it um you know like yeah, obviously right. <laughs> you know we know what you're doing um so there have there has been pushback against this mushroom but it's it's literally been used for like thousands of years like there's well documented you know um evidence that this is used in indigenous communities uh in in lapland near the um near the north pole um this is you know where the the whole santa claus myth is coming from which you know we can i'd happily get into that but can you can you tell us about the santa claus myth yeah yeah so it you know i've done a lot of research on this and it's it's not exactly clear but you know i could give you kind of a paint a picture for you um so the sami people uh or indigenous um uh, uh community of people that were caribou herders or reindeer herders um and there's this idea that like the there was a shaman that would come around um around like the winter solstice time and you know there's there's like a couple of different ways you can look at this where maybe he you know the, the the houses were all snowed in and so he had to like climb through the chimney which i i don't i don't buy it because i don't think a human being could fit in a chimney um <laughs> but uh there's some you know um like you can draw an, an analogy from this where you know you have these red and white um little gifts right under pine trees conifers um and you know a man would come around with a, a big sack of presents and give them to everyone and uh there you know the whole idea was that he would come the shaman would come into your house and either take the mushrooms or give you the mushrooms and give you gifts or insight from the spirit world um so you know he's you know a cloaked red and white man you know Amanita's colors are red and white. Um, you know, also you can hang Amanitas from the Christmas trees or the the uh, pine trees. And this is a way to dehydrate them and also uh, help spread the spores. So nice. <laughs> yeah. So wow, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, one more thing too. Yeah. Um, you know, the the flying reindeer thing. Okay. So ah, yeah. Yeah, caribou, reindeer, they like to eat amanitas. Um, and so uh, there's there's this process that happens whenever um, you, when you process amanitas correctly, you are you know, dehydrating them or you're taking them fresh and you're, you're boiling them, but you have to, either way you do it, dehydrated or raw, you have to, to do a full decarboxylation from ibotenic acid to muscimol. Um, it was outlined in the Austin patent, which is a uh, you know pretty well tested study. Is uh, you boil the mushrooms at a pH of three for a hundred uh, for three hours at hundred degrees Celsius. Now another and this is 
this is achieving a full decarb. Now, another way to do it is to have a, a caribou or a reindeer eat them, and then you drink their urine. And right. so, um, I, you know, I, I actually saw a picture, like a really old picture where um, they actually had a can strapped around a reindeer. And, uh, you know, the reindeer, the can was collecting the reindeer urine because they're not as affected by the ibotenic acid and their, their body would naturally decarboxylate the ibotenic acid in the muscimol. So this is where the whole, you know, flying reindeer uh, concept comes from. And, uh, you know, the this Siberian shaman in the North Pole giving people red and white gifts. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I've also heard that like maybe the shamans uh, would would eat it and then they would the people would drink their piss or something like that. Yeah, I've I've heard that too. Um, yeah, it's like I've heard people even saying like the reindeer drink the human piss. Whatever it is, there's a lot of piss drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see. It's an yeah. uh, interesting um, process, but you know, it's it's just the it works works. Day. Yeah, if it works right so um maybe we could talk a little bit now about the different subspecies of uh amanita muscaria because i know that those red and white ones up in uh in lapland are going to be different than the ones in western pennsylvania or new york um the ones that i found were were yellow uh with white white little dots on it so how many subspecies are there of amanita muscaria and all are all of them used in the same way or are there differences between them yeah so i actually don't know the exact number of how many different subspecies there are um and i think that just taxonomically we're kind of trying to figure out what's what still um you know with taxonomy we kind of always are um yeah they're always changing the names of things. i know it's it's ridiculous uh, being in like a, a chat or a forum where people are arguing over taxonom taxonomical updates is just like uh but um so you could call uh you know the, the amanita amanita in general has um mushrooms that are deadly uh like the destroying angels or the death caps uh and there's at least six different types of destroying angel i wasn't aware of this um uh one of the the main ones people know about is amanita phylloides um and that one will basically um you you will die within 12 days or something like that uh typically uh, most people don't survive it there are some people who do um and if you catch it early enough you can you know go to the hospital before your liver is melted <laughs> So Amanita has, um, you know, mushrooms that will kill you, mushrooms that you can eat that are, you know, choice edibles, uh, and also what, you know, is considered a muscaroid, which is, you know, a muscamole containing Amanita. Um, some of the ones that are edible that I've only actually tried the Amanita amerorubescens complex, and that's known as the blusher Amanita. Um, there's like, at least six different uh, types of what would be considered amerorubescens. Um, there's also the the Amanita jacksonii, which is the the Caesar's mushroom. Yeah, that's the one I've tried, and I find that fantastic. It might be one. one I mean, 
what every time I find a good, good mushroom, that's my favorite mushroom. Like, you know, <laughs> but it's really good. And you can eat it basically raw. It's one of the few mushrooms you can eat raw. What I like to do is make a ceviche with it. Um, like add some garlic and uh, vinegar and oil and salt lime and pepper juice or lime juice. and let that sit for like a day. And then it's amazing. And that, you know, does cook it a little bit, you know, right. processes it. But yeah, that the Caesar's amanitas are fantastic. Yeah, I, I didn't know you could eat those raw. I've, I've never actually tried one before, but um, yeah, I tried the Amara Rubescens. They were, they were okay. They were not my favorite. Um, but, you know, as far as like the, the muscaroids go, um, you know, out in the northern, uh, eastern North America, we have the Amanita muscaria gisaui. Uh, and then in the southeast of North America, we have Amanita persicina. Um, that's a muscimol containing amanita. It's no, I think it's known as like the southern peach amanita. Uh, it's like a really pretty peach color. Um, and then the Midwest doesn't have a whole lot. Um, like the Gisawii will kind of drift out towards like Indiana, I think maybe even Idaho. Um, and then whenever you get out west, like, you know, Colorado um, and even down into Mexico, you have Amanita muscaria uh, flavivalta, flavivalta, I think, um, and all the way up into you know Canada and up into Alaska, um, the amanitas grow pretty pretty prolifically there. And I believe I, I know my my taxonomy friends are going to kill me for this. I think it's Amanita muscaria muscaria that grows in in the west coast, um, you know, which is uh, the same variety of amanita in Europe. I might be wrong on that, but if you looked at them, you wouldn't really be able to tell much of a difference. It's, you know, red, red, um, red cap with the white warts. Um, yeah. And then also we have the, the panther caps. Um, so, right. Yeah. So I always thought those were just poisonous. Right. So yeah, the, the, the panther, so panther cap is a good common name for a lot of different time, types of mushrooms. Okay. Um, pantherina only grows in Europe. Uh, whereas we have pantheroids or pantheranoides, um, and those would be like in, in, I've actually found some this year, um, we have Amanita velatipes and Amanita multisquamosa, um, and then out west we have uh, pantheranoides, uh, which are probably what Paul Stamets was um, tripping on when he ate that pizza, <laughs> and those are extremely potent. Um, Pantherina in general is way more potent in muscimol than uh, Amanita muscaria. It also has less ibotenic acid, which is cool. Um, so oh. less conversion needs done. So maybe you know even better than muscaria for for this process. Just taking right. it. Wow. Yeah, and it's um you know I, I think that um, a lot of people say pantherina are reliably more potent. So you could, you know, take one and you know probably what a gram is going to do or whatever. But with muscaria, it's kind of all over the place. Um, you'll have mushrooms growing side by side that could be 10 times weaker or stronger than wow. the other one. Yeah. So that's, that's strange. Huh. Yeah. So you'll have a lot of people, you know, they'll say like, I took, you know, five grams, 10 grams, 15 grams, nothing happened. And then you'll have somebody else who's like, you know, I took 10 grams and I was, you know, living in a fractal for, you know, five hours and 
didn't have a pleasant experience. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. And so, so you don't really know like what you're getting unless you are testing it or send, you know. Right. So I think the best way to start working with Amanita is to pick or buy a large amount and you grind it all up and then you have this, you know, equalized dough. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, you could make a tea out of that and freeze it into portions. And uh, that way, you know, you can titrate up, you can take a small amount and then you know exactly what that batch is, is, is like. So. Can we talk a little bit more about medicine making and like how you, how you go about microdosing if you wanted to microdose Amanita? Like, what do you recommend doing? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so I think like the easiest low tech solution for people is um, weighing out a portion of Amanitas, like I said, uh, grinding it up and making a tea. Um, so to just get the, um, the active compounds out, all you need to do is boil it for 20 minutes um and then strain the mushrooms if you want to do a full decarb you need to add citric acid um you know lower the ph down to three or you can even just do straight lemon juice which sounds disgusting to me i've never done it but um something to get the ph down to three and then you boil it for three hours and strain the mushrooms um and it's really up to personal preference i think um, some people actually like a little bit of ibotenic acid. Um, I actually did an experiment where I just ate a raw mushroom just to see what would happen. And it was a very high dose of ibotenic acid. It was not the most pleasant experience, but I could see, you know, a smaller amount of that being quite uplifting and nice. Um, it can be, you know, very stimulating to the nervous system. Uh, like if you're prone to um, you know, seizures or like had a weak constitution, then I would not recommend it, but most people can handle a little bit. Um, so, you know, it's really, I think if somebody was starting out, it'd be safer to just do a full decarboxylation. Um, so again, you'd boil the mushrooms at hundred degrees Celsius at a pH of three for three hours, strain the mushrooms, and then you'd have to figure out, you know, how much volume you have to grams. So you, you do your, your, your math like that. Um, and then uh, you can freeze it in portions, like take the tea and put it in ice cubes, ice cube trays. Um, I like to, I have these little silicone mats that all measure out one milliliter perfectly. Um, so I like to use that, these tiny little guys. And, um, and then, you know, I, I tell people that like, you could start with um, you know, a, a small amount and that's really variable. You know, everybody has a different, same thing with psilocybin. Everybody's like, you know, a microdose is this, a microdose is that. And it's really like, you know, I think smaller is better. I think that with all plants and all mushrooms developing like a really slow buildup relationship is, is really ideal because, yeah, um, you know, you guys are herbalists, you know, uh, whenever you, start working with a plant there's like little subtleties that you may not notice if you're taking other things or if you're taking a large amount um and people react differently i mean just as as uh, the amanita muscaria might be different between mushroom to mushroom people are also mm -hmm. very different in how they uh metabolize or how they react yeah um 
what, you know, what happens in them. So it's good to start small with every, you know, everything. It's good to start small. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it really lends to like this need we have in our culture and society to like slow down. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, everything's just so fast paced. I want, I want this effect. I want it now. Um, you know, it's, I want to feel it, you know, and it's really just like, I think it's, it's a good way to kind of check our egos and like get us to really like, like slow down and breathe, pay attention to what's happening with our body and with our, you know, the seasons and everything. Um, so yeah. yeah. And like, again, you don't know how you're going to respond to something. So yeah, it's good to start slow. Yeah. So, uh, uh, we did talk a little bit about like what its uses are and, and you're saying that, uh, it's good for working with trauma and trauma response and with anxiety. So what other reasons people use this like pain relief, like do I've heard people using it instead of like benzos or yeah. so on, like, wh like wh why would somebody want to be using, uh, this, this medicine? Yeah. Great question. I mean, it's, like anxiety seems to be like the number one thing that's going on in this country. Again, with that fast paced culture, we're just overstimulated and uh, Amanita can help you just like slow down and tune in. Um, I help, I think it helps me get into like a flow state, helps me feel more creative, um, more open, less inhibited. Um, you know, some people will like, there was uh, the, the, I think it was Sami or maybe the Kerouac um, tribal people where, you know, they, they were about to go sing and they were kind of nervous and then they took Amanita and they were able to sing like really well and like, you know, it, you could say Amanita removes fear or it gives you courage. Um, so it, like I've noticed that like I come out of my shell a little more and it's not like this, like, you know, I'm drinking coffee and I'm like really agitated and like animated it's like <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? and yeah yeah and so you know it's a GABA agonist other things that are GABA agonists are um alcohol um benzodiazepine as you mentioned um and I believe chamomile and lavender um and so it's you know if if anybody has tried any of those those things you can you can see what kind of genre of you know psychoactive it is um, and so it, it you know, I, I think it, it also helps people that have de a depression. Um, I've heard of and also personally experienced the, um, the beneficial, uh, effects whenever you have Lyme disease. Um, I've, I have wow. Lyme disease, uh, I've been bitten by like dozens of ticks. I've, I've been tested. I've had, I have it and it really sucks. Um. For anybody who lives in this area that has Lyme disease, you know, it's horrible. Um, and if I didn't live such a healthy lifestyle, I'd probably be crippled by it. Um, but it kind of helps alleviate that lethargy, uh, the inflammation. Um, so Amanita, when taken orally, uh, can actually create systemic anti-inflammatory benefits, but also the tincture or oil infusion can be applied topically to a specific pain area. Um, and it seems to help people that have uh, muscle pain, muscle inflammation, also um, nerve pain, uh, like sciatic issues, you know, people will apply it directly to their spine. Um, it's kind of like, 
almost as versatile as cannabis. I mean, you can actually smoke Amanita mushrooms, um, which is pretty interesting. I've done it. It's not really the best use of the medicine. I think it's kind of wasteful. Um, you can vaporize it um, and you can eat it. You can make a tea out of it. You can make a tincture. You can make an oil infusion. It's a very versatile mushroom. Whereas psilocybin, you, you can't smoke psilocybin. It'll destroy the compounds. And um, so, you know, an, an, another thing that's interesting is that um, uh, muscomol has similar effects to the body as Chantix, which is that um, the, the drug that people take to quit smoking. Um, and so it can help with, you know, addictions. Oh, you guys are muted. Oh, when you, yeah, when you make tinctures of it, um, are you doing like a double extraction process where you're boiling some of the amanita or like making a tea out of the amanita and combining it with alcohol extract? Or is the alcohol just like a preserving agent for the tea? Like, does, does the alcohol like um, extract the muscle constituents? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So um, ethanol is a, a poor extractor of muscimol. Um, so it's like one of the only very few mushrooms or herbs that I'll work with where I just do a single water extract. Now, you know, some people might do an alcohol extract to get other compounds in the mushroom. Um, but the main one that I'm looking for is muscimol, and that's um, very soluble in water. Uh, it's also very soluble in methanol. Um, I don't use methanol. So uh, for, for Amanita, I just do a, a, a water extract and then I add the alcohol for shelf stability. I see. Okay, and, cool. and did we almost, did, did we cut you off before you were saying that um, it help, helps you stop smoking uh, nicotine? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, if you if you really want to, <laughs> I, I smoke tobacco, I grow my own tobacco, and uh -huh. I, I love smoking organic, uh, you know, good tobacco. I'm not, I'm, I don't really have an issue with it. I just, mm -hmm. some days I won't even smoke, but um, I find that the days when I take Amanita, I don't have those like little cravings as much. It's just like, well, if I want to have a cigarette or not, it, it could go either way. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, same thing with psilocybin too. Um, mm. There have been studies on single, uh, single uh, experiences with psilocybin um, were more effective than a lot of the smoking cessation drugs. <laughs> like years later, which is yeah. just incredible uh, from one experience. Mm. So that's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. I think so, a lot of people could benefit from a little help with like smoking with quitting smoking if they, if that's what they want to do. So that's really cool to know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you brought up psilocybin. So I also wanted to know like, what are the differences um, between psilocybin and Amanita muscaria as far as efficacy or, the effects that they have on your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. So psilocybin is uh, affecting the serotonin pathways. It's serotonergic. Um, and that's what a lot of classic psychedelics are affecting is the serotonin pathway. Uh, Amanita muscaria is GABAergic. It's on the, affecting the GABA pathways. So it's like two completely different um, areas of the brain. Um, and I think that psilocybin microdosing is also amazing. Um, 
and I've actually been doing some research on um, I'm really into like nootropics uh, and, you know, uh, supplements or herbs that can help, you know, stimulate cognition, uh, memory recall, and psilocybin is actually um, uh, neuro uh, increases neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is your ability to adapt and overcome to new changes or challenges. Um, and it's also slightly neurogenerative. So people can use psilocybin to kind of train new habits. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, just mentioning Paul Stamets again, his first major psilocybin experience uh, was him walking through the woods and then he decided to climb a tree and he, he ate way too much. Uh, he was like a young kid. And uh, as he climbed this tree, it was storming. And he realized that, uh, you know, basically he could possibly die in this tree. And he's like, well, if I die, like, what's the one thing, you know, like, or I forget how it went, but basically he, he made this ultimatum that if he was going to come down from that tree and, and live that the one thing he would want to take away is to quit stuttering because he had this really bad stutter. And he, just kept saying to himself over and over again, quit, stop stuttering now, stop stuttering now. And from that one psilocybin experience, uh, he quit stuttering. Like he'll, he'll have it every once in a while, but. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah, Amazing. so I think with, with uh, Amanita muscaria, it's neuroprotective, which okay. is pretty interesting. So um, another thing that's neuroprotective is cacao. Um, and so, the neuroprotection is um, you have your neurons and you have your your axion, which is the the connection between the neurons, and that axion is uh, uh, protected by a myelin sheath, and so muscimol will actually um, protect the that myelin sheath from being destroyed. So, um, you know, what one thing I also encourage people to look into is lion's mane mushroom. Um, which is, uh, yes. pretty, yeah, you like lion's love mane. lion's mane. Yeah. You can't get enough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Lion's mane is very neurogenerative. Mm -hmm. So whenever you, um, you know, look at all three of these mushrooms together, you have this trifecta where, you know, the, the lion's mane creates neurogenesis. So you're creating new neurons, um, you're repairing permanent nerve damage. Um, but we live in a, you know, stressful environment full of oxidation. So oxidative stress can actually destroy these neurons that you have been building. And so um, whenever you have, you know, lion's mane for neurogenesis, you have uh, psilocybin for um, neuroplasticity to train and write new pathways in your brain. And then you have omnium muscaria to protect everything and like, you know, keep that progress um, protected. I think you have like a really powerful trifecta. So. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I was <laughs> just, just thinking about lion's mane crab cakes <laughs> for a second. Cause we made some really delicious uh, crab cakes. There's no crab in it, but I use the lion's mane with um, onions and fry it up and make a little like dip for it. And it's just heavenly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> gotta recommend. Yeah. Gotta recommend that. I've never tried lion's mane crab cakes. I'm trying to think. I did, uh, I'm trying to think what it was. I breaded and fried fiddleheads. That's what it was. 
Oh, yum. That and sounds amazing. I, <laughs> yeah, my wife and I made what we call uh, fiddle cakes. Uh -huh. So we'd, you know, do the boil on the fiddle heads and then strain it off and then um, bread them and egg them and bread them again. Nice. And then you form them into like a, a you know, a patty and, mm -hmm. and fry it and you get a, you know, fiddle cake. <laughs> so nice. Oh, that yeah, sounds, that sounds so great. Good. Love nice. fiddlehead. Yeah. So you make um, tinctures and sell them. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your business and where people can find find the, the tinctures if they want to get some? Yeah, sure. Um, so my website, the main one I'm working with right now is allthingsamanita.com. And that's my business name is All Things Amanita. And I also have another website that's uh, Harmony Acres Farms with an S.org. Um, and the, you know, the, the Amanita website is where I have the Amanita products plus the Harmony Acres tinctures. Um, and the reason I had to like create this division is because there's like all this stigma around Amanita. Um, I was, I've been through the ringer as far as like, you know, which payment processors and websites I can use. Oh, right. Yeah. So I started on Etsy of all places. <laughs> And I was selling Amanita, like if you typed in the word Amanita or Muscaria, I was like the first top left uh, mm. thing that would pop up. And it was, you know, saying top seller. And so I was the top seller for like two or three, two months. And uh, one day they just shut me down. They said, you know, it's not allowed um, on our website. So I had to create uh, a new website. And uh, you know, I was, I was using PayPal as a payment processor. And then PayPal shut me down. And so then I had to go through the route of basically the, the, the merchant um, you know, payment processors that deal with gambling, uh, gun sales, tobacco, pornography, like just like the, the, you know, the, the gutters of society. I had to get lumped into that. Um, mm. So I have my own website now, allthingsamanita.com. And that's where I can sell everything and tell everyone what it is. And awesome. Uh, yeah. That's great that you're, you know, providing the mushrooms for people to try, um, you know, in case they don't want to go through the process of making it themselves, if they're afraid they're not going to do it right or something, it's like, or, they can just try it from you and yeah. you've, you've or, done it, you know, or, I mean, cause there are like deadly poisonous yeah. amanitas, like, Mm -hmm. You know, I can see why you wouldn't want to necessarily just go around picking Amanitas yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you don't know them well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to go with a guide or, you know, have have like three really reputable sources confirm something first, mm. like yeah. with confidence. Like you yes. need to really, right. nothing, is, nothing is worth eating, you know, something poisonous. It's just, you know, if you have to bring it home and you can't identify it, just throw it back in the woods. Like it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, mushrooms are like the fruit of an apple tree. You know, yeah. if you pick an apple, it's not going to kill the tree. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're just picking the fruit of it. So, uh, it, there's no, you know, mushrooms in general, like, and herbs, but you know, it's just, it's a very slow, um, very, uh, you know, slow and nuanced kind of art and craft and yeah that's what i love about it because it teaches me to slow down <laughs> yeah and you can so always true. keep learning there's always Absolutely. more to learn oh my gosh it's it's endless 
Yeah. So, yeah. But um, so yeah. speaking of some of the um, misinformation and stigma around Amanita muscaria, like what what have you run it up against as far as misinformation? Um, I think one of the main things is just that this is only a poisonous mushroom. It has no beneficial properties. Um, this this mushroom has been used for centuries to help people, and it's just that in in most cases that you know our herbal information has been wiped away from you know the indigenous people of this earth that have been you know uh, killed and you know moved out of their homes. Um, I think that we're seeing right now a revival in um, plants and mushrooms in general. And I'm really, really hopeful because we have the help of the internet to spread that information. Um, so yeah, the, 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 just the idea that this is a poisonous mushroom, there's nothing beneficial. That is the main one. Um, another one is preparation methods. Um, you know, some people uh, make claims about, you know, dehydrating does this much, you know, decarboxylation and, um, and then boiling and you know the, the the tried and true method that has been you know studied through science is the Austin patent where you boil the mushrooms fresh or dried. If you do this properly, you'll have very little ibotenic acid. Um, boil the mushrooms at a pH of three and do it for for three hours at 100 degrees Celsius. That is like the the the, the safest way to prepare them. Um, and, oh, another thing is that, you know, like just people talk about like only, you know, only you know, like you got to take off the warts of the mushroom or, <laughs> you know, you, you got to like skin the top of it or something like that. And it's like, you know, it's really um, just, just take the mushroom as it is. Um, another thing too, is that, uh, you know, some people say the stems of the mushroom don't have anything beneficial in them. Um, the stems have less of the, the active compounds, uh, but they also have other beneficial compounds um, that can help you process uh, different parts of the mushroom. So I look at things like from a holistic point of view, where it's like, you know, you have the whole mushroom, like there's obviously some, some benefit in there too, uh, in the stems. So I'd say those are those are the main ones. I mean, it's uh, there's there's a there's a lot of misinformation. But you know, if uh, if I can do a plug for uh, a group that I'm a part of, on, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, there's a there's a lot of different inf information sources out there for Amanita. But the in my research, the best um, online research or uh, forum you can go to. If you're on Facebook, if you go to Amanita Muscaria Science and Magic, um, that is one of the best groups. Uh, we have like over 35,000 members in there. Um, we have experts in there like um, Kevin Feeney, who wrote the Fly Garrett Compendium. Um, if people want to uh, learn more, if they like to read books, I recommend the Fly Garrett Compendium. Um, there's also a, a microdosing Amanita book that just came out. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard good things about that. And, uh, oh, and if you're not on Facebook, 
you could go on Reddit um, and it's just r slash omnidomascaria. Um, those are really like the best resources because I think whenever you have, if you just go like even myself, like I'm, I'm one person, I'm going to get some information wrong and I have done it and I feel terrible about it. And then I'll tell everybody like, you know, that I told that misinfo too. And I'm like, Hey, it's actually this way. I'm sorry. You know, I'm one person. So I, and there's, you know, other people that are just one person. And I think that it's best to be in a group discussion because you can have like, you know, 10 or 20 or, you know, 30,000 different people chiming in and you get more of, um, you know, there's less gatekeeping that way. So yeah, definitely check out the, uh, if you're on Facebook, the science and magic page is definitely the best. Yeah, that's great to know. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, thank you for being on the show, Michael. Is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, with the, the audience before we wrap things up? Mm. Yeah, just continue being curious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Well, yeah, thanks again. And uh, yeah, we'll post your websites in the show notes and be well. Thank you again, Michael. All right. You guys too. Thanks for having me on. Have a blessed day. You too. Bye.